Welcome to episode three of the Wiz With podcast here in 2020. Can't believe it's already 2020, 2019 is gone. But the most important news since we've been on a hiatus, your Philadelphia Eagles, they're in the playoff, Alex. How excited are we? I am very excited. I am also cautiously optimistic because we have lost so many players on this team. I've stopped recognizing our starters. I can't believe from where this team was at five and seven, and you look back after that, and this team is in the playoffs. It's it's incredible what Doug Peterson has been able to do, and what Carson Wentz have been able to do these past four weeks is remarkable. Considering they've had a ton of injuries, not much to work with. It's December Doug. You can't count out December Doug. I mean, look at the history of December Doug. We won uh straight games last year to get ourselves into the playoffs and then the year before we we won with a backup quarterback to get to maintain the uh the first round by and home field advantage so honestly this surprises me this surprises me every year but every year it still happens maybe it's something we should expect out of Doug Peterson you know <laughs> when we get to December we know he's just going to flip the switch when it's uh, you know when it's time for you get to the most important games. Doug's going to be there. He knows what to do. He knows how to keep these guys fresh year in and year out. We hope it's you know continued success in December because you have to win. We talked about for I don't know you know five or six weeks how important that game is against Dallas and the Eagles really showed up. Um, that was pretty much make or break for their season. You know the the Giants game in Week 17. You, you know he kind of had a little bit of a um, a, a weird feeling that, you know, when it got to 17-17 and Barkley went on that big run, then all of a sudden the Eagles broke out for 17 unanswered points and the game was out of hand and you didn't even have to worry about what the score was with Dallas. Um, nevertheless, you know, we, we won the NFC East. Um, we're going on to face the Seahawks at home. I, I never would have thought that. We're a four seed. Uh, Seattle, honestly, they blew it. Pete Carroll blew it on the one-yard line. They, they could have had the chance to be the one seed. Now they're playing as the five. So uh, we're very fortunate. Um, I honestly would rather play the 49ers because I think Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, you know, playing in his first game compared to Russell Wilson, who's been there. He's been to the Super Bowl. Um, I think he has more experience. So that's just my takeaway from it. Um, you know, I still think Seattle's banged up. So I'm not saying we don't have a chance. Um, I think we have a very good chance to win this football game. Alex, are you are you confident in, in this in this team? Yeah, I I am, and I, as shocking as it is, and I'm as pessimistic as they come, but Russell Wilson has not looked incredible in his last uh, few games. I mean, granted, no, in his last three, he hasn't had any interceptions. He got sacked a lot against the Cardinals. He wasn't putting up stellar stats against the 49ers. So I'm wondering if... Maybe he is showing decline for the season while Carson is on his incline. Carson has, right now over his last four games, been possibly one of the best quarterbacks in football. Or not necessarily the best quarterbacks in football, but has played at a near elite status. Yeah, he's definitely been the most clutch fo- uh, quarterback in football. His fourth quarter stats the past four weeks have been better than anyone. Um, and then, uh, honestly, you can make the case right now. You can make the case. Uh, don't take this the wrong way, but you could put Carson Wentz in a top five for MVP, don't you think? I, I I'm not going to go that far. I think he is doing some impressive things right now, but I just think 
after the start to the season. And don't let's not forget he has the voters will never take into account that our entire receiving core was picked up at a w- local Wawa. <laughs> Very true. Um, yeah, <laughs> considering he's the first NFL quarterback um, in in history to throw for four thousand passing yards and not have a receiver eclipse five hundred receiving yards. Think about that. That's uh, eight receiver. It, on at, if you had all of them. Re- achieve that much that would be eight receivers that would be split on that's how you can see how much turnover there's been for Carson Wentz that's tough on a quarterback we're down to Shelton Gibson we just signed him this past week and who would have thought Shelton Gibson would be back who, who would think that a quarterback who two years ago was playing at Houston not the Houston Texans uh the Houston Cougars in college wasn't that Greg Ward that's Greg Ward, yeah. yeah I'm just saying, oh, like, sorry, who would have yeah. th- thought he'd be our leading Gibson. receiver right now? Yeah, I'm sorry. that's crazy. Yeah, he said Gibson. I mean, granted, we are down to Shelton Gibson. We just added him. But, yeah, Greg Ward has been playing pretty well. I mean, like like we were saying before, Philadelphia has this knack for making mediocre receivers superstars. And not in the way the Patriots do, but more like cult heroes. But you know what? It's If it gets the job done. It gets the job done. Yeah, I think the the honestly the, the most important fact is just next man up, and they all seem to be buying into that. Doug's got them going every single time you see him. You know, at the post game interviews, he's just ne- next man up mentality, like they were in 2017 in that Super Bowl run. Um, and I just think hopefully we don't have to go too far, especially in the running backs. I'm hoping Miles Sanders can give it a go this week. Um, he did say in a little bit of a, a press conference today that. It's the playoffs. You know, I don't want to miss out on the playoffs in my rookie year. I, I want to get that experience. Uh, I don't care, you know, how much my ankle is hurt. He wants to be in there. You know what I will say I'm actually surprised about? Uh, Doug Peterson did not bring back the standard people that he would bring back to uh, replace some of these injured players. He didn't bring back Jay Ajayi. And to my disdain, did not bring back Jordan Matthews once again. He went with different players. And I found that pretty interesting. So here's something that I'll ask you regarding all these guys and why you think they're playing so well um, compared to like Nelson Aguilar and Alshon Jeffrey. The fact that, you know, Nelson and Alshon already have their contracts or at least they've you know made nine million dollars plus this year. Guys like Greg Ward, guys like Boston Scott, um, Robert Davis, Joshua Perkins. None of them have a guaranteed contract for next year. They're kind of going out there. They got to give it their all. They're playing for a contract right now, and I think that's helping Carson. They're giving everything that they have to ensure that they're going to play in the NFL next year. You know, not necessarily for the Eagles, but maybe someone else is recognizing how hard they're playing, and they'll pick them up. Yeah, and that's not to discredit anyone that we currently have that has a contract. It's just you know that it's just a little extra motivation that you do have for players like Perkins, players like Ward, and you know it's it's worked for them. It's it's crazy because we could potentially, if we're looking in the future, you know, now we're looking at some depth that we could have at a low cost. To help right. Us out. Right. And that's some credit that, you know, we were giving a, a lot of hate to Howie Roseman that he didn't go out and get someone. But look at these guys who were stepping up. Maybe Howie knew something we didn't. And that's why he didn't want to go out and get anyone. Very true. Very true. I mean, let's not forget Howie Roseman was, uh, was uh, exec of the year. What? Back in 2017, 2018, yes. 2017. Yep. Yeah. And now granted, he, he may not, he might not have Joe Douglas anymore, but you know what? That 
Howie is definitely still one of the better GMs in football. He, absolutely, yeah. He, I think, you know, after he took over um, and, and we got him back when Chip Kelly was gone, um, he pretty much got rid of everything that Chip Kelly did. He brought back in guys that you know were consistent players every year. He made the move up to get Carson, which was which was you know one of the smartest moves probably uh, for the next you know five to eight years for the franchise, considering that's what you got when you go up to get a franchise quarterback second overall. Um, yeah, Howard Roseman has done a great job. I don't see us in the near future, you know, falling into uh, any type of you know where we're not going to w- be competing for the division um, like the Redskins. You know, we're in a, a much better position considering the other GMs running the the franchises in our division. Um, the Redskins have a have a terrible owner. Um, they don't even have a GM right now. The Giants GM, um, I believe it was Gettleman, he just said they hired four computer guys. And then we all know how Jerry Jones is. He is a, a terrible, um, you know, GM when it comes to that per se. Um, so, yeah, we have to be very happy with Howie Roseman. Yeah, for sure. I mean, with a guy like Jerry Jones, you just start to think is it's all micromanaging. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Now, to move the po- move to a different point, we were talking about how confident we are with the Eagles. We we have some confidence this week. Where are we confident? With which players do you think? I say you know we go what? through the rosters. Yeah, let's go let's go through it each. Um obviously we're gonna have to talk a little bit about the injuries. The the Seahawks are a little bit banged up, but you know, we have a lot of guys missing. So yeah, you know, let's let's start with, with head coaching. Uh Doug Peterson versus Pete Carroll. Who oh, has the boy. advantage here? It's a oh, very boy. tough question. It's harder than you think, but you know who would you say? I mean, if you want to talk about in a big game time decision, Pete Carroll has had instances where he's overthought his way out of games. He could have just ran the ball in with Marshawn and he'd have another Super Bowl. You see, uh, you see Doug Peterson. He he does the opposite. He un- it seems like he undermanages. He let Nick Foles call one of the most important plays of the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it very works. interesting that you think it's very interesting to think like that. Um, it's funny because I think you could argue that Doug Peterson is a better coach in the red zone and inside of his own 20 or, you know, when the defense is in, in, you know, Southern 20 and because Pete Carroll clearly has whatever some, he has a, a brain fart whenever they get inside the 10, they just don't know what to do, especially in big time situations. Um, like last weekend when they threw the ball as opposed to giving it to Marshawn and maybe Pete Carroll has an advantage between, um, you know, the 20 mid, you know, to midfield to the other 20. <laughs> um, it's a, honestly a toss up. I, I, I think I'm going to go Doug Peterson. I think I got to stick with Doug too. I mean, I think, I think in recent years, Doug has done a much better job of managing games in the uh, games in the playoffs. I mean, even the loss last year, that wasn't lost by coaching. That was just lost by inept defense. And I, I think that was also just the players. On yeah, offense. I think that's we, what I'm we, we saying. Were, we lost so many guys in that game and in that year alone as well last year. I, yeah, it's, true. It's tough. It's tough. The honestly, the inju- injuries are relatively similar. I'd even say from to last year. You mean? Yeah. We do have a, we have a lot, and the fact that Brandon Brooks went down, not good. Um, you need Lane Johnson back. You know, let's talk about the offensive line. Um, All right, let's start with the O line. So you still have Peters, you have Sayamalu, you have Kelsey. I assume that Vitae is going to play guard. And I think so as well. 
you hope that Lane Johnson's healthy. Because if Lane Johnson is not healthy, then I'm pretty sure you move Vitae to right tackle. And I think they're going to play prior at guard like they did last week. You wouldn't, I was going to say, you wouldn't put Dillard at, uh, at tackle? No, I don't think I would. I, I think he's more. Big I think situation. He, no, I think he. I think he's just going to take over for left tackle. Even if Peters is hurt or gets, you know, a stinger in the game or something. Um, and I don't think we're going to resign Jason Peters next year. So I think no, we're just going to move. Imagine it. Move Dillard into left tackle. Um, so I think if Lane Johnson's healthy, I'm I'm probably going to give the Eagles the advantage on the offensive line in the trenches there. Um, yeah, let's. To also keep in mind now, uh, the uh, the the Seahawks are pretty banged up on their line too. Hunt is questionable. I don't even know how to say his name. Ayupati. Ayupati. He's he's yeah. a good player, but yeah, is he questionable as well? I think I saw he, he is questionable. Now, what that means, I have no idea. But uh, it looks like Jamarco Jones is the backup lineman to who gives essentially the jack of all trades. So he'll probably fill in for one of them. Right. Um, I've got to be honest, I don't really know too much else about this line, but what I do know is that birds have, when they're all healthy, have had a great line. Now, granted that is without our, in my opinion, our number one player Brooks. Right. Right. And that he's arguably the best player at his position in all of football. That's exactly. how good of an offensive lineman he is. So yeah, um, he will be greatly missed. Uh, he has played well all year. Probably. I believe he's probably ranked first in the pro football focus. Um, at his position and you know he's we need him back healthy at the beginning of next year so I don't think we need to push or rush anything um, to try to get him ready it's just not it's not worth it Um, and if he wanted to play I think he'd be in there I think he's really you know hurting obviously with a dislocated shoulder it's not something that you can come back from easily Uh, let's move on to running back so their Seahawks are also banged up pretty bad there too running back um, Marshawn, I th- Marshawn and Homer, those are the two guys. I mean, yeah, that's Travis versus... Homer. Probably no one's ever heard of, and Marshawn Lynch yeah. had, didn't play last year, so he's he he is in shape. I'll give him that, but he's not the same. Where where are we standing with Howard? Is he back? So it's odd because they said he was healthy last week, but they didn't play him. They just went with Scott all week after Sanders got hurt. So that makes me think that he's not a hundred percent. So, I think you're gonna have. I still gotta take the Eagles, though. I mean, oh yeah, I'm taking. I'm taking the Eagles with with if if Howard, you know, if maybe he's eighty percent, but and Sanders is eighty percent, but you still have those two, and you have Scott. Yeah, Um, Scott. Scott's been doing pretty good. Yeah, he's very well in the passing game. Three touchdowns last week. I think we're giving the edge to coaching, quarterback, O line, and running back right now to the Eagles. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we didn't, we didn't go too in depth. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, if, you know, I was, I was talking up Wentz, but I might need a backtrack on quarterback. Let's, let's go to receivers though for now. Receivers. Okay. Uh, I think it's pretty clear that we're, it, who we're, we're going to go with. I think, yeah, I don't even think we even need to talk about it. It's like, <laughs> you could just right. say, you could just say one name, Tyler Lockett and, Tyler and, Lockett. and yeah. You... <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's pretty clear there. All right. So moving on to quarterback, to, probably one of the hardest, back. very hard conversation. I think, I think it's Russell Wilson. I, I think that Carson Wentz did, we did not look good against Seattle. Let's, let's not forget. We had this situation a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Was there a month or so ago? Um, We did not look good 
on offense. I think I have to give Russell Wilson, despite whatever trend I talked about, he still, I think, beats out Carson Wentz. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. He's played well against us in his career. I, I just, I don't know what it is. Um, I, I, he has Could the experience. Be the Carson, you know, in his first game, obviously you, you like to, you know, play well in your first game, especially in the playoffs and, and try to show up as, as best you can. Um, I, I just, Russell Wilson's so calm, cool and collective. I, I have to give the go. ahead. that's not, that's nothing against Carson. That's just saying how good Russell Wilson is and how good he has been in the playoffs before. Um, and he produces every single game. And you you have Russell Wilson, you're going to be in the game no matter what. That's just what he brings to the table every single night. Yeah, for sure. And so here, here's not... the thing, uh, one last thing I'll say about Carson Wentz, and I'm, I'm going to seal this. A, a big proponent of Carson Wentz all year has been Dan Orlovsky. And he, he was talking about why he thinks Wentz is so successful. And that's because, I'll quote him, he says, he's not trying to be Superman, he's being Clark Kent. Meaning he's not, as far as Superman, he's not trying to do everything himself, you know, trying to fit into tight spaces. He's being the Clark Kent. He's taking what's there. He's throwing it to Scott. He's throwing it to the checkdowns. And that's just getting us a lot of yardage. And it's letting the players like Scott and even like Goddard and Ertz, letting them do do their work and just get us the yardage and just, you know, tear down the defense, let them get tired and just constantly beat them up with those 12 and 13 play drives that take up six or seven minutes. That's what Carson's really good at and getting out of the pocket. Yeah. All right. Let's let's round off the offense. Um, tight end. I don't know anything about Hollister. Hollister's Ertz a good player. Is, he's a good player. Is is Ertz out? He has to. I think what they're. I can't imagine is. I think what they're doing right now with with Ertz is trying to have Seattle game plan against us, assuming that Ertz is going to play. There's no way this guy's playing. He is a, a um. Oh. Um, what a, a ruptured laceration. La- yeah, yeah, laceration to his kidney. Which, if he if he took a hit to his kidney, he could possibly you know lose it. Um, yeah, he's out. He's out. So yeah. it's it's Goddard versus Hollister. I'll let you make the call. I like Goddard. I I don't know enough about Hollister to make the judgment here. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with with, with Hollister just because I think that he has more of a rapport with. Wait, Russell hold on. Wilson. Actually, let's not forget though. Are we saying Hollister over Goddard? Or are we saying Hollister over Goddard and Perkins and Richard <laughs> Rogers? I'll say Hollister. I'll just go one for one. Hollister, Hollister over uh, Dallas Goddard. Literally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of these are a toss-up because I think they're very evenly matched with all the injuries. Um, maybe be a different story if one, you know, one team was a lot healthier than the other. You know, obviously you're going to give if the Eagles have. Brandon Brooks in there, it's, you know, clear shot Eagles. If Zach Hurts is there, it's clearly the Eagles. Um, just with the injuries that we have, and, and I think if Jordan Howard was 100% healthy, you know, it's clearly the Eagles. And yeah. obviously, you know, you could maybe make an argument that if Alshon and Nelson and Deshaun were there, you know, you give the, the edge to the Eagles there as well. So um, the injuries are a killer. Um, the fact that, you know, the Eagles have been frankly, where they are and, and that they won the NFC East with, with the amount of injuries that they've had to, on the offensive side of the ball. Um, can't say it enough how, how well, you know, Doug has coached the team this year. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, let's move on to the defense. Let's And we'll just do it by D-line, linebacker, defensive back. We'll just we'll just break down to three. Um, let's start with the D-line. Um, I, I think I still have to say the birds because that's – I think the birds' defensive line – 
they have one of the best defensive lines in football. They do. Yeah. And, and I hope that Fletcher Cox brings his a game. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to have to go with the birds, Derek Barnett, Jernigan Cox, Graham, that front four is, is very good. Um, Vinny Curry behind him, Avery a little bit. He hasn't played as much, but, um, he actually made a very good play last week. So I, I'm going to have to give the edge to the Eagles there as well. Yeah, for sure. Then, uh, all right, linebacker. I can't see I can't see it being the birds on this one. No, Bobby Wagner is just so good and he's been consistent. So and so is KJ Wright. Um Shaq Griffin, um, very good as well. The guy with the nub, I guess you would say. Um <laughs> the one who can't who can't play um he couldn't play rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> but Pete Carroll automatically gave him the win because he used the <laughs> yeah. um no, they have a good linebacking crew. Um I don't. Michael Kendricks is he playing this week? I don't know. If I, you saw I, I'm that. not gonna count. I'm not gonna count him in. Uh, I don't know. I, I think. Sorry. So if, actually, it says Mike, Michael Kendricks. Out. He tore his ACL. Michael oh, Kendricks no, is out. out. Yeah, I was gonna say I knew it was bad. I couldn't figure out what the injury was off the top of my head. Maybe um, <laughs> he's going to jail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So Eagles have D line. Seahawks have linebacking. Something we're forgetting about on the Seahawks D line that we got to watch out for. I think he's also probable as Jadavion. He's a game changer. Yeah. So um, something we didn't mention before on their side of the ball. For sure. Yeah, I think Jadavion can make can be a difference maker. I even like Ziggy a little bit too. Ziggy's pretty good. Yeah, he gets in there and makes a couple plays, but that's that's where you would you would hope that Lane Johnson's playing, where you can exactly. shut these guys down. Um, and you're not worried about, you know, is Matt Pryor and, and Hal Vitae going to, you know, solidify that right side of the line? Because, you know, you don't really want that. No, you do you do not. Okay, last one, defensive back. We don't need to do special teams here. <laughs> you know, I'm not going with our boy Jake Elliott. <laughs> um, all right, so <laughs> defensive back, um, I think it's a very tough decision. I don't think I'm necessarily saying the Eagles have a good defensive back, but I think they've played better the past couple of weeks. Um, but we've I, also played against teams that just haven't looked good on offense. And I, I think for that reason, between Shaquille, Diggs, and uh, Trey Flowers, I think that's a, that's a very good defensive back core. They do have a good – yeah. And, and considering that a lot of our guys – have not played well with Russell Wilson, but you you know, we are getting LeBlanc again, who had a good game last week. Maddox has played well. Um, Sidney Jones has surprisingly come in in a few moments, a big moments and, and played, played pretty well. Um, obviously you got Malcolm Jenkins, who I assume is going to play spy all week. Like he did in the last game because we, you know, we're missing a lot of guys. So Malcolm Jenkins has a big role of just containing Russell Wilson, not letting him in those, you know, third and five where, we have a, like a, essentially a coverage sack where he gets out of the pocket and just runs for a first down. That's going to be Malcolm Jenkins. Um, I think that's going to be a huge part of, of stopping the offense uh, for the Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, th- I think even despite that, we, I can't give it to, I just can't give it to us. I don't no, have enough faith. No. I don't, I don't think we can either. So. All right, let's recap this now. Yep. Do, you, uh, do you want to do it or you want me to do it? Go ahead. All right, so from so coaching, we give it to the Eagles. Uh, here we'll we'll do it. We'll just do all the Eagles ones. The Eagles have coaching. They have running back. The Eagles have offensive line, and then they have defensive line. On the flip side, 
the Seahawks have quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, linebacker, and defensive back. That's five to four. That's five to four. But I, th- I, but I think even in the ones they lose, though, it's not like I mean, granted that their def- their offensive line is not far isn't far off from ours. Their defensive line isn't too far off from ours. Right. So right. it's this is going to be. Yeah, or the, the biggest game. gap is probably a wide receiver. Oh, yeah, de- definitely. But you never know what we're going to do with our receivers. So, I mean, Greg Ward can can have, can have go off for another game. We just don't know. It's, as opposed to where you see guys like Metcalf and Lockett, they're a lot more consistent. Right, right, especially Lockett. He's a, a speedy guy, but he, you know, he goes up and gets balls. DK Metcalf is, is huge. I, he probably would have had a better game against us uh, a few weeks ago if he caught a few passes, but he's a very good wide receiver. Uh, you like to use him a lot in the red zone, so uh, we need our guys to step up there because I bet you they're going to go to him, and we, we really need to contain him. So that's going to wrap up our, our point about the Eagles. Big game, 440 on Sunday. Hopefully we get a W here, and we're talking next week, maybe going well, out to San think? Francisco. I'll say this. What do you, I'll say this. you get you, you got to give me a score. I got to give you a score. All right. I think the Eagles, I think they're going to win 23-17. I think it's going to come down to like that, that last drive where we're up by six and Seattle needs to go for that touchdown. And it's going to come down to where Pete Carroll is not good as a head coach. It's inside the red zone, inside like the 10-yard line. Kind of like the Falcons game uh, back in 2017 where our defense steps up at the end of the game there, you know, on those like where it's fourth and five, maybe from the five yard line. I, I think that's what it's going to come down to, but I think we're going to win. Yeah. I, I, that, that's where I'm landing too, except I, I'm th- expecting mine to be a little bit more of a slop fest. I'm thinking something like a 17, 13 deal, another tough game to watch. Like mm-hmm. we had against them last time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those, those games you just hate to see that are very, Sloppy, nothing's going right. A lot of punting, um, playing the field exactly. position game most of the time. But yeah, that's where you need your kickers to step up. Exactly. Yeah, because you know those those long field goals where you're not getting much going offensively. Those you know forty five to fifty five yards become very important. They do. As long as Elliot makes those, though, I, th- I think I think we we got this one. We're paying him like he should be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Wrap it up. Alex and I think the birds are getting W this week. Hopefully we're talking next week about us going out to either San Fran um, or it could be Lambeau. So one of those two, depending on whether, you know, what happens in the Saints Vikings game. Um, and if we win, we'll determine what's going on next week. So Eagles taking the W They're in the playoffs. We can't believe it, but we're here. We're talking about it and it's 2020. Thanks so much right. for listening. We'll be back soon. And welcome back to the Wizwith Podcast. I am Alex, and I'm here with my co-host, Matt. And as Matt said, our first episode of 2020. Still crazy. I can't believe it. I can't no. believe it. Let's get our first edition of Flags of the Week in 2020, Alex. Take us off. All right. Let's go. So for Flags of the Week, for those of you who are uh, new to listening to us, we have three different flags that we give. We give a white flag something that we give up on a red flag, maybe a violation of the week. And then lastly, a checkered flag who wins this week, who is the overall winner. So I'll start my white flag. I I'm going to give up on 2020. I am a solid two days in 
2020. And right now we have lost two legends, David Stern and Don Larson, within the first 24 hours. I, I, I don't know. I think there's going to be, there's going to be a tough year, if that's the way it's going to start out. <laughs> R.I.P. Both to both of them. Uh, by the way, the thing going around on Twitter. Have you seen the David Stern, uh, Jim Rome, interview come up? No. What is that? <laughs> so David Stern went on Jim Rome's show, and uh, Jim Rome flat out asked him the question: Is the lot- NBA lottery, like the draft lottery, rigged? And David Stern took like, you know, offense to that, like very, uh, he thought it was a very offensive question. You know, why would you ask me that? This isn't the time and place. And uh, and Jim Rob says, no, it is the time and place to do it. So David Stern says, "Um, are you still beating your wife? (laughs) Oh, he actually said that. (laughs) He actually said that on Jim Rob's show. (laughs) Oh, I would have had, had I known that, I would have had so much more respect for him. Over spot, over <laughs> oh, it makes years. you respect David Stern so much more. Oh man, that's that's you can't answer that's you can't answer that question. You you that's just a shutdown straight up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, All right so uh, I'm gonna go into mine. Um, mine is going to be the NBA All Star voting, and somehow Taco Fall is sixth despite only playing 11 minutes this year, and Alex Caruso of the Lakers is top five. Um, and he is not even a starter. So um, I think that I honestly could have put any league's all-star voting because I think it's all just, you know, maybe it's all just a joke. Um, I, I can't believe Taco Fall is in there. Um, that's just how I look at it. I, I don't, there's not much to look into it. They should just get rid of it. It just, obviously it's just a popularity vote. Um, and you're not yeah, actually I mean, getting the, the best Steph players. Curry's, and... Steph Curry's out. And what is he? Was he third or something? Yeah. Steph, yeah. Steph Curry's played, what, like 10 games this year? Not even. Yeah, it, you know, seeing stuff like this, though, it makes me really sad that we could never bump TJ McConnell into the top 10. <laughs> or Mike Scott. Uh, yeah, Mike Scott's another one. I, Or, you know, maybe Dario, any of our cult heroes. We, we, we didn't do them justice. You know, right, right. you see, you see the, we're getting outdone by the Lakers and the Celtics fans. One That's last thing I, I wanted to mention it. I'll say an honorable mention about the, uh, for a white flag will be the NBA coming up with this whole new, you know, regular season idea and having the, the pool at the, you know, the oh, middle you don't of the year. Like that. I hate I like that. Th- I like that. Are you I serious? Oh, let's it. get think about that though. Less games. It means nothing. It doesn't matter. It'll be fun to watch. Who but you why know? why would you risk yourself in playing that? No, I it's understand gonna be awesome. A, I, We're gonna get the opportunity to see a starting lineup of Shake Milton, uh Furcon Corkmaz, uh guys like Jonah Bolden. Uh, I see where, I see where, we're I see where see you're Kylo going. Quinn I see where you're game. going with this. <laughs> and we're going to see guys like that run the freaking table. We're bringing up Isaiah Miles from the Blue Coats. Oh, man. Norvell Pell get regular minutes. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, I'm glad we agree on this, though. <laughs> it's, it's, you know what? I will say it. I think it's a great thing to have for teams that are just, are just tanking and, at least want to say to their fans, hey, at least we can try in some games because it won't count. Or at least I don't think it'll count. Right, right. I understand that, what they're trying to do, but I don't well, think it's the right thing to do. I how think they, great would it be 
if, though, you have, let's just say you wanted to tank, but you're not, like, that bad at tanking, so you just go all out in the tournament to win yourself a bid in the playoffs yeah. and then still be in last place. That's what I love. Imagine if the Sixers actually tried during that tournament. I think when we were first processing it, didn't we have, like, we had, um, I think, like, the the year before our process, we won our first three games of the year or something, or maybe or no, it was after the process. I forget where we like we upset the Heat, and yes. then we're number we're ranked power ranked number one. Imagine having that team on the floor, coming in last place, getting a top getting a top five pick, and still making the playoffs because of that rubbish. Here, so uh, an interesting thing that that they didn't talk about was, you know, trying to kind of get rid of tanking and those teams that come in like ninth place will give them the first pick to kind of get rid of that. I don't, I don't mind that as much. I personally think they should just make an even lottery. I agree. Yes. Where there's no difference between being the nine, being the ninth pick or the six or the, or the ninth slot or the the 15th slot in your mm-hmm. league. Right. I think that, and that would be all right because that way, worst case, you know what? If you're, you're just tanking out of the eight seed to be the nine seed, so be it. Mm-hmm. No one will notice that. Right. But you won't right. have the garbage at the bottom. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very top heavy um, like every year because of it. But anyway, we'll get into the red flag. I'm going to go into my violation. Uh this happened today. Uh, Dan Snyder, the owner of the Redskins, opened up his press conference today with Happy Thanksgiving. It's January 2nd. You'll he love said, to see it, ladies. <laughs> he said Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> I, I mean, he's already arguably like one of the worst owners in sports. I think this, he may have solidified it. <laughs> um, that was pretty bad. I, I don't know what he's thinking because... Uh, maybe he thought Happy well, New Year, but I don't even I like. Say, he said I it was. I know such, what he's thinking. He's thinking it's November. He said it was such confidence, though. It wasn't even like he like was messing up on on, on his word or, or stuttering. He maybe, just straight up Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. <laughs> like it was nothing. Maybe he's tanking his intellect, like he's tanking the skins. <laughs> he really wants Urban Meyer to go there. Yeah, that's what you gotta do. You got you you tank you tank it all. You, t- you it's it's a culture. You it it starts with the team, and it ends with your intellect. <laughs> Very true. Kind of like every coach they've had. <laughs> Speaking of um, poor intellect, uh, my my red flag is the Cowboys still not deciding what to do about Jason Garrett. I think it's an obvious decision. You have to let Garrett go at this point. He. He has not. He has what won what maybe a couple playoff games in his insanely long tenure, but of course, look who's at the helm of all this. In my opinion, the worst owner in sports, Jerry Jones. Now, Grant, I even think Dan Snyder would be smart enough to to see everything that's in front of him. I do, but yeah. Jerry Jones, no, he he is on another level. And the one thing that I I think makes the least amount of sense about this is the Cowboys are the most valuable team in the NFL. You will have people who, let's just say, are top college coaches or even just top coaching candidates that normally wouldn't leave their jobs for, like, the Browns would gladly 
take the Cowboys job, especially because you're working with you're working with a fringe playoff team. You're not working with just in, in a disaster. Yeah, they have so many weapons there that it's almost hard for them like to keep Jason Garrett with how many guys they have on offense and that they were they went eight and eight. I think Jason Garrett has only had a winning season four out of the nine years he's been there. Um and he's had some pretty talented teams. He hasn't done well in the playoffs. I think he has two wins in nine years in the playoffs. And we he... thought Andy Reid's tenure was was long overdue. I mean, great. Andy Reid lasted a lot longer, but this one is a much more obvious decision. Do you think Jerry Jones is just upset that if he fires Jason Garrett, he can't have any more meetings with Jason Garrett? Because I think they've met <laughs> every day for the past three weeks. He's really just milking those meetings out. He's like, I mean, what, oh, what, Jason, what can you I really talk about? Cher- <laughs> Jason, I really cherish these meetings. It's like, you know what? You know what you do? You, you give them the Charlie Manuel. Uh, yeah, I, no, Charlie I think Manuel I think that's feel. what they're going to do. I think I think if they get rid of him, they're going to make him like part of the front office in, in some capacity. And now if I'm Jason Garrett, I say, hell no, because I think Jason Garrett could get a top coaching job in college. And would probably rather do that than be his, um, than be, uh, what's it called? Jerry Jones' little bitch boy. <laughs> hey, but he gets to stay in the suite for the game, though. <laughs> and they get to continue the meetings. <laughs> he can, he can, uh, hang out with, um, Chris Christie as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. They, they all belong. They all deserve each other. They definitely do. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Checkered flag. Who's your winner of the week, Matt? My winner of the week is Joe Burrow. Uh, for what he did with LSU this week, putting up over 50 points in, in the playoff game. Uh, I think he pretty much solidified that, you know, barring he injury or he throws four or five interceptions in, in the championship game, he pretty much solidified that he's going to go number one in the in the draft to, to the Bengals. Um, career killer, hopefully. <laughs> no, I think he's a good player. Um, and I'm really excited to see what he could do in the NFL because I think he's got a good arm. Um, seems like a good kid. His speech with the Heisman Trophy was awesome. You know, thanking everyone and especially um, the emotion that came out of him. So he's my winner of the week. Yeah, that's that's. A, I think that's a great pick. Uh, my winner of the week is Carson Wentz. After all that he has needed to do to prove himself to this fan base, you know, should we let Nick Foles go? As the season wraps up, I think he can be in peace that he is with a team that values him and he's with a fan base that values him, especially being one being Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, I think there's now enough evidence to prove that once and for all, Carson is greater than Dak. 100%. I, I, don't 100%. Even, I don't even think it's an argument at this point. And I think if you asked every you know NFL executive, every NFL GM, who would you rather have going forward? Uh, you're going to say Carson Wentz. That, that's something against Dak, because I still think Dak is a good quarterback. But I just think Carson Wentz is that much better, considering that he's been able to do this with practice squad players. And Dak has, you know, Amari Cooper, uh, Michael Gallup, Ezekiel Elliott. And his offense looks stagnant. I, I You know, you could argue he was hurt a little bit, but still. Um, it's not like Carson hasn't played through injuries himself either. Exactly. So we officially declare it. Carson Wentz is better than Dak. Any Cowboys fans, you can suck it. <laughs> They're going to probably argue until the day they die, but they, they know it's true. Carson See, the Wentz wor- is a good quarterback. The worst part is I feel like 
Cowboys fans with Dak Prescott or like the Sports Nation maps where you see the only one state <laughs> yes. thinks thinks one thing and then the rest of the nation thinks otherwise. Yep. Yep. The only at this point, the only people that probably think Dak Prescott's a quarter better quarterback, I would say is probably Skip Bayless and Orlando Skandrick. Who, by the way, Skip Bayless also called Orlando Skandrick a snitch on live TV. That was pretty funny. Oh, I missed that. I would have, I, you know, I'm gonna have to go look that one up. <laughs> you will, you'll have to. All right, so All I'm right. gonna take us through um, through our picks, then we'll go into a little bit of a Sixers point because I know uh, Alex is probably heated about their play as of late. Um, so my white flag, it was the NBA All Star voting. Alex went with the whole year of 2020, even though we're only two days in. My we're, violation. We're looking great. <laughs> <laughs> my red flag was Dan Snyder opening up the press conference today, January 2nd. With Happy Thanksgiving, Alex went with the Cowboys, still not knowing what to do with Jason Garrett. My winner of the week was uh, LSU's quarterback, Joe Burrow, and Alex went with the Eagles quarterback, Carson Wentz. So uh, those are our, our flags. Please chime on Twitter. Let us know what you think. Um, Cowboys fans, if you really want to chime in, we'll, we'll think about talking to you. We, you know, you don't know anything about football. So um, we're going to get into the Sixers here. Uh, so, Alex, Matt, before we move on, yeah, go ahead, before go we ahead. move on, Matt, where do... Where can they uh, reach out to us on Twitter? Oh, uh, they can reach out to us on Twitter at WizWiff. So it's Wiz underscore Whiff. Uh, for anyone listening, please, please go ahead and send us a tweet and, and let us know what you think. Very, very good. So, yes, these Sixers, Matt, they play, they, they destroy the best team in basketball. Or, well, arguably one of the I mean, best it was a route. Basketball. A route. It was a route. It, we made Giannis a non-factor. You know, it was like, I don't know if you remember, Giannis was playing in, an, in that FIBA, whatever, and this one guy who was Argentina, Argentina said that he knew the secret to stopping Giannis and did. Yep. That's what I feel like the Sixers have. The Sixers have the secret to stop Giannis. Unfortunately, the Sixers do not have the secret to stop Kristaps Porzingis, Miles Turner, and any mediocre piece of crap on any other team. Evan Fournier of the Magic. <laughs> yeah, I, I am, I'm so confused, um, especially after that win. And you were, we talked about it before, how Brett Brown said, Christmas, we are going to come together. Christmas Day, they came together. The best game they played all year against the best team in the NBA, against the MVP right now. And then they go out and, and they lose a terrible game to the Magic. They they don't show up in the game against Indiana. That was just disgusting. Um, you, and you can't at that point like what you know if you lose by what like five or six, then you could say yeah we didn't have Embiid. We were down by what like thirty eight or something. It was, yeah, it, it was bad. Yeah, it was bad. Um, we went through like a stretch in in the second quarter where we didn't score for like seven minutes. We didn't have a field goal for seven minutes. Um, it wasn't good. I'm just so confused at this team. I, I don't know whether they don't care about the regular season. Uh, if it was the fact that they miss and beat, they're just tired. Um, you know, we are still 23 and 13. I know we're in, we're in sixth place right now. We're only a game or half a game back of second place. So it's not like, you know, teams are overwhelmingly ahead of us where it's like, you know, we're at 23 wins and they're at 30, you know. It's nothing like to be too, you know, overly concerned about. Um, we're, we're what? Like we're a few games out of like second. Right. You want to get to you want to get somewhere 
second to fourth, just so at least in the first round of the playoffs you have home court advantage because I don't think anyone's going to catch Milwaukee. You know what? Would you, here's a question. Would you rather be third or fourth? I would rather be you, – you want to be third because I don't think you, I wanna you have wanna... to – you don't want to have to play Milwaukee in the second round. That's true, but I guess the issue is you would play – so the top teams we have it's Bucks, Celtics, us. I would say Pacers, at that point you're probably Raptors, if we if, if those, we're third, those, you're probably playing you the Pacers. To, Pacers. You need, if, if you want an easy path to get to the conference finals, I think you need to be second. We uh, the East has six very good close teams, which I never thought we would say at this point. And then once you get to seven. It's the magic. Now, granted, the it's is the magic. I don't even remember anymore. Oh, seven's the Nets. Oh no, it's the Nets. Thank you. And that is, if you're the two seed, you're a lock to make it to the conference semis. Yeah, I agree. But if you're a three seed, that's up in the air. Yeah, three seed. You're either probably playing the Pacers, Raptors, or the Heat. All teams we've struggled against this year. Yeah, that's. That's a scary thought. It is. It is. And if you get to the two seed, yes, it's going to be a lot easier road. I wonder if maybe, you know, the last month of the season, we're going to turn it on to get there. Um, Is it possible that you just think this team just simply does not care about the regular season or games where, you know, that are not televised on on national TV? Because it seems like it. (laughs) The issue is, though, I mean, Matt, we've gone to a couple games already, like, we well, from what we have seen, they know when to turn it on, and it seems that they they for example that thirty eight point we were down thirty eight points we only lost by seventeen against the Pacers, um so we know we can turn it on we have we uh we were down a lot against the Heat when we were home against the Heat and we ended up losing by one we ended up Simmons miraculously in in the most recent game against the Heat caught a ball and shot it within a tenth of a second to bring the game into overtime. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there's the flip side where we can't turn it on. Tobias Harris missing the dunk, being down so much, losing to losing at home after getting your first home loss, losing at home to uh, the Mavericks without Doncic. It's this team is just so wild with its swings, and you never know what team you're going to get when you show up. So, do you trust them? You know, when we get to April, that they're just going to magically flip the switch and turn it on when it's go time. Can like, can we honestly say that they're going to do that? Because it's not like they've proved it to us before. Like, I could see if maybe Embiid and Simmons have gone to the, you know one in a conference finals, let alone you know even got there. Do, like, do you trust them to, to actually? I think we need magically, to make a move. you know, no, no, not this team right now. I think there are too many issues. Like, I think we've played, I know not everyone has played together or a good amount, but I think there are some issues that we expected to be resolved before for out of the preseason, figuring out Horford's role, um, Richardson, uh, Richardson knowing what he's got it what he's got to do because sometimes Richardson while he looks good he he he'll miss some very open shots Tobias Harris looking very streaky Simmons still like and I'm not even gonna say 
anything about him not not taking the jump shots. But which that's another story, but still picking up his dribble when he's a foot away from the hoop and passing it out for a turnover. And B looking at times, now granted, recently he's looked much better, but at times look lazy on offense. Yeah. And, but it, it, it's crazy because then you look at those games like we have the Bucks, we have the two Celtics games, you have the Heat game that was like nationally televised, and they're just a completely different team. They are. I just don't, it just doesn't make sense. And I, I think that theory could hold true is tomorrow night they're playing the Rockets nationally televised. The Rockets are a good team. You want to show up against Harden and Westbrook. Like they could, they honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if we come out and win by like 20 because that's just in, how games in have gone. Houston this year. Too, yeah. In Houston, that's... yeah. Like, like we haven't been able to win a game like easily in Boston in like three years. And this year, the game where we did play in Boston. We were confident, and we and you know I watched that game, and I was like, we're not losing. Like you could tell right away. And and there have been games like where you know the first five minutes we, we played in Boston, where you you know we're not going to win. We're going in there with you know a, a lot of confidence, and it's I, I just don't know what it is. I'm very confused with this team. My problem is, and before I get to before I get on board with that theory. We haven't beaten. I don't. We we beat the Heat. We, now, Grant, we destroyed the Heat. I think when they first came, we could not beat the Heat as close as it was. You can tell that we were fighting, mm-hmm. but we still we still lost to. So two we destroyed the Heat on a nationally televised stage. Oh, we lost geez. to the Heat on when they weren't nationally televised. <laughs> that oh, and that's <laughs> it's just you know what I mean. Like I don't. It's and beat had a you know a quote after one of the games that where someone asked him about. You know, do you like feel like you get up more for those nationally televised games? And he said, "Yeah, I do." Almost like that. It doesn't matter those games against the Pacers or the Magic. I, you know, who cares about those? Is that this? You know what? Do you think that's the Sixers? Now, granted, they do sit Embiid. They they will sit Horford. Is that the Sixers' new like not necessarily new but method of? extra load management just saying hey it could be yeah 75 percent tonight yeah because because brett brown is you know a disciple of greg popovich and what is what is greg popovich known for is getting in with the spurs as like you know a a four through seven seed and they would win the finals because he would rest you know duncan and ginobili and parker and they'd be all fresh for the playoffs and they would just you know blow teams out and that's the worst part is you, you don't you won't even know until until mid-April. Right, right, and that's where I think maybe Elton Brand has a tough time, you know, deciphering whether we need to go out and get a JJ Redick. Do you need to risk everything and go get CJ McCollum? Like, are those two guys you would want? Like, obviously JJ is going to be you know tough with the money. Maybe McCollum is too, but are you willing to get them? I I think you got to find as cheap of alternatives as possible. I think I've been saying since day one. I want Bertans. Bertans has looked very good this year. I think he he has a. I think he's got getting about what seven million dollars, maybe eight. Much which is much easier to work with than JJ's. Zaire's going to be first to go. You just have to. There's so many players here on vet minimums that don't that don't take a hit on the cap. Zaire is going to be the first to go. Zaire and Mike Scott probably. And Mike Scott, you hate to say it, Mike Scott comes back on a team-friendly deal, arguably team-friendly deal. You could argue James Ennis is in there as well. Is J- James Ennis a vet minimum? 
he, he, I think he's over a million. I don't know how much his vet minimum is because I think as your, you know, what is it? Um, it's your ten, six, I think your, your tenure in the league determines your yeah. vet minimum. But yeah, still, like he's an, a name you could throw in there just because you're, you you don't you can't really get r- rid of any of the young guys because they're not making enough money to to, to match. You know, with, with the cap right to if, match. I don't know if Bolden counts it. If Bolden would count either, I don't know how his works, but it. I think the Sixers have demonstrated that they can get creative when they need to. I think if we need to go all out, the first person to go is, in my opinion, is Horford because Simmons can ultimately play the four on defense. And then uh, Richardson can play the two. Like, and then Richardson, and if, if we get a guy like McCollum, because it's going to be, if, if we trade Horford, it's most likely going to be a three or a two. Yeah, you're, you're going to have to get rid it's of Horford to... to get C.J. McCollum. There's just yeah. really no way you can it, afford McCollum without no, getting rid of him. I don't know. And that's the worst part is, is Horford on a bad contract? Maybe we, did we get him? We got, we got him at 25 mil. Is that a bad contract? Well, you can argue we got him when he's too old, right? You can, but I mean, he, he still looks good. He still looks good. It's just more of a role, a factor of the role. And how much is now, he granted, resting? We don't know that either, too. He's resting. He's resting. No, I, I mean, as far like as like how, how often is he taking it easy in games where he oh, wants, because yeah. of his age, he wants to be ready come playoff time too. The, there's just so much. See, Grant, like all of this is coming from the, is coming from the exterior and everything is just dead quiet on the interior, on the internal for the Sixers. So that's like, now Grant, we're saying, oh yeah, Horford's just not really finding his role. What is does he think that too, or does he just like no wait wait till like come playoff right. time we we got this down right? There's really no data or any way to back up any of this. We're, it's it's all a assumption. Um, and that that's the thing about you know the Sixers have always been like that. They're they're not really ones to come out and say what they're doing, and they haven't done that since really the process, you know, almost <laughs> ended per se. They never really did it much during the process either. It's just you'd wait the the way the process the way it's always been is you wake up, uh, th- you wake up you learn three a.m. there was a trade that went through. <laughs> yeah, the the, uh, the um the Tobias Harris trade you mean right? Tobias Harris trade, but I mean in general it's a similar premise. I mean, we, were we act like any of these guys that we were that we were that we acquired? Now Butler might be the exception to that rule because it was known that we were in on Butler since day one. But most of the time, I mean, I never heard any word about us getting Harris until we actually got him. No, I I had no idea we were even looking at Jimmy Butler or Harris at the time when we got them. Really? And I had no idea. we. Yeah, I didn't even think, like, I didn't even know we were shopping, like, a Landry Shamit. It's crazy. It's and like just, I wonder what, like, what else Lager Shaman could have gotten us. I know, I, and I like to bar- Tobias. That's nothing against Tobias. I'm just saying, who knows what else was out there? I don't know. I, I don't think it was Tobias. I think we needed to give up Shaman to get uh, Boban <laughs> or Mike Scott. <laughs> or Mike Scott. Yeah, exactly. So, but before I, I, I get here, I have some breaking news. We've never had breaking news on our three weeks here. All right, I got Hit some breaking news. Jason Garrett firing expected soon. 
That's that's not breaking news. That's <laughs> yes, been it is. Since day, we've been saying this since the end of week 17. Yeah, but I mean, I'm saying that it's actually going to happen. We just keep saying he's going to all these meetings and then they're going to keep You him. know there's going to be a fourth meeting. There's going to be a meeting tomorrow morning and it's going to say Jason Garrett decision undecided. <laughs> you, know you know what? I don't think I've ever been more let down. Than that, right? Than that breaking. I want. Right I would end. I want the Cowboys to keep him because he's such a terrible coach, and it's good for the Eagles. Because I'm worried. I'm worried the Cowboys is. are going to get like Matt Rule, and he's been able to turn around all these teams so quickly. Especially a Philly guy like, like Matt Rule. Too. Yeah, yeah. That, that's just. Uh, that would be awful. Yeah. I, if only Matt Rule coached the Cowboys like he did his first season at Baylor. <laughs> when they had one win, right? Yeah. I actually don't even know if they got one, did they? I think they were one and eleven. Yeah, it was just, I mean, granted, the NFL doesn't have sanctions on the Cowboys, but yeah, we like yeah, I think yeah, as much as we're saying that they need to fire Garrett, no, as Eagles fans, you want Garrett to stay there. Yes, with, we do want Jason Garrett to stay there if you're an Eagles fan. You're uh, an 100%. idiot otherwise. <laughs> anyway, talking about going back to the Sixers. So Looking forward here. We have the game tomorrow night against the Rockets. What team do you think is going to show up? I mean, you know what? Let's play the theory. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Sixers by over ten. Yeah, I, I I'm gonna agree. I, I think it, it, we're gonna win this easily. <laughs> it's it's who do we play f- after? Who do we play after? Is that um is it, is that Oklahoma City? We have the Thunder at home Monday, and that I'm gonna see. This is this is the thing. We'll win by twenty against the Rockets in Houston, and then, and then we'll, we'll win we'll by lose. like two. Or, or I say, like or we'll lose by one against Thunder or something. Like that's just that's just like how Chris Paul's gonna have a forty point game. Schroeder's gotta get some time. Yeah, Stephen Adams will just out body Embiid. Yeah, or Embiid might not even play. <laughs> Don't you dare say that. <laughs> no, it's load management, not 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 any because of health reasons. But all right, so that that's where we're at with the Sixers. Hopefully by next week, you know, we'll see whether this theory that we have will play out to fruition. But, all right, so that'll take us into our next segment here, our top five ranking. Got a good one going here to start off the decade. Alex, what do we have? So since this is our first top five ranking of the decade, I want to hear your top five realistic Philadelphia sports events that you look forward to this decade. Oh, good one. Okay. All right. Let's see. So my number five, I'm going to say Carter Hart eventually going to win the Vesna trophy is the best goaltender in the NHL. Um, I think he's just such a, you know, young talent. Um, all the stuff I'm hearing about him, all the stuff that I read about him, his work ethic, eventually he's going to get us there. Um, hopefully he comes with a cup at the end, but you know, I think, I think our, Carter Hart at the end of the year will be the best goaltender at some point. Um, my number four, I want the Eagles to win a Super Bowl with Carson Wentz as the starting quarterback. I know we kind of had a taste of it when he was there before, but I want him to start and I want him to lead us and I want to see him win, you know, the MVP of the Super Bowl. Number three, I'm probably going to get a lot, a lot of hate for this, but I want Ben Simmons to win a Finals MVP and I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen and, I, and we're going to realize it because of how good his defense is and how much he, you know, controls our offense more than people actually realize. I'm really looking forward to the 2026 MLB All-Star Game. going to be held at CBP. Hopefully we got a hometown guy uh, in the Home Run Derby. Probably, you know, at that point, it's probably going to be Harper. Um, Again? 
Yeah, I mean, maybe if Hoskins is here, it could be him, even though he was in it already. But could be Boehm. It could be Boehm. You're right. It could be Boehm. Yeah. Um, and my number one, I, I I need another Phillies run like we had before. And I think we're. I really want the Phillies to go deeper into the playoffs and get the bank rocking again because that time frame from like 07 to 12 was like the best summers. Uh, in Philadelphia. And if we could get to that point where the bank is sold out every single night, where we have that sellout streak of like 250 games again, that would just be incredible. And that that's what I want to see happen again. And I think it's possible. I, I still kind of find it funny that you actually put the Phillies just going deep into the playoffs, like getting, getting the bank rocking again over the Eagles winning a Super Bowl, over Simmons winning the finals MVP. <laughs> uh, I, I guess it's because baseball is my favorite sport. So maybe I have a little bit of a bias. That's fair. I mean, that, that, those were, those were good. That was a good span of years though. I will say. I'm surprised you didn't give me more hate about my Ben Simmons winning a finals MVP though. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, 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 I cringe a little. Uh, it's a little bold, that. right? <laughs> a little bold, a little bold. All right. So, um, my top five, my fifth one, I want to see. I can't wait to see a Mickey Moniak's major league debut. Now, this guy has been seen as a mixed bag since day one with the Phillies, and I, th- I, I still think I, I, there's no chance that this is the same situation uh, with the Astros. Well, oh my God, what's his name? We had him. I'm, not, I'm blanking. That's how forgettable this guy is. The first overall pick who never made it to the majors. Mark Appel. Appel. Like, thank you. There is no chance that that happens. He's going to make get his. He's going to get his opportunity. He's because he's been looking better and better each year. Even though it's been slow growth, it has been growth. And you think Mickey Moniak is a big, uh, or it could be a top Dan Baker name eventually when he gets here? Mickey Moniak. Not, sure. Maybe not as good as uh, I think uh, under the radar one this year is going to be D.D. Gregorius with, with Dan Baker. Is Dan Baker back? Yeah. He'll be back. I, I wasn't sure just because I like I, I was concerned. I was really hoping I wouldn't hear his name on uh on New Year's Day. <laughs> Either way, I, D D Gregorius. That's uh, my Dan Baker impression. <laughs> Pretty poor effort, but uh, <laughs> oh, who else is Baker yeah. See, he's, the pitchers one isn't as funny or isn't no. as funny. Aren't as good. Uh, no, Zach Wheeler won't be as good. But yeah, Alec, the, the, boom. That's pretty good. Um, I, I, the uh, the JT Romuto is always going to be a classic. Oh, that's great. Nothing. Uh, you, okay, you know we, we'll need to do a top five for Dan Baker names. Top that, five Dan Baker names will be next, next week. week. <laughs> next week. <laughs> All right. So number four, sticking with the Phillies theme, the 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 Wall of Fame inductions of Ryan Howard, Chase Utley, Cole Hamels, and Jimmy Rollins. I cannot wait to see them get their due. Now, granted, uh, all but Hamels have had their retirement ceremonies, but th- but this will be the decade where we will finally honor those OA players on their individual skills, and that's I I, I am excited to go to all of them. Yeah, those are going to be very fun. Um, it, you could honestly say some of the other OA guys. I know you're saying like your big four, but. Some of the other O eight guys might be in there. You never know. Like Chooch, he's beloved. Oh, he's beloved. Victorino might get some love. We were talking about Lidge before the show. Burl Worth, like it's possible. Like is almost Burl not in, is Burl not in it? Do we? Do we? Get oh, I'm Burl sorry. In? I'm sorry. Bur- um, you, Burl Pat, in it? Pat Burl, I think got in. Yeah. He he. You know he is in. Pat Burl is in. I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, Pat Burrell is in the wall of fame. Some baseball guy you are. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So now number three, this is a bold prediction on my end that Philly is going to get two professional championships in one year. Two I don't know. Down Broad Street. Two parades down Broad Street in one year this decade. I think the Eagles have been able to keep themselves relevant. The Phillies are trending up, only so slightly. The Sixers have trended up. The Flyers are trending up. It's bound to happen, and it's bound to happen this decade. That would be awesome. What 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 two parades do you think would be the like? What what time frame? Like, you do you know, think it'd be best to have, like, obviously the Eagles would be, like, a winter one, and would you want one, like, a summer one? Like, you're probably going to either want the Flyers or the Sixers. See, actually, I'm actually feeling I'm feeling that we feel the shake twice. We feel the shake Milton, and we feel the shake for the Flyers. I think we're going to get parades <laughs> within, <laughs> within two weeks of each other. That would be a heck of a summer if those two <sighs> – and, like, if the Phillies were good at that point, like, that would be incredible, like, summer if, if that were to happen. Oh, boy. Man, there, there's nothing more that I do than feel the shake. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. We got my number two, Philadelphia 20. Now, to differentiate myself, Matt, from your selection of the 2026 All-Star Game, this is going to be a much bigger year than just that. I think the, the campaign has begun to get MLB, NBA, and NHL All-Star Games in Philly. I say we the, we want the, the NFL to give us a Super Bowl. They're not going to, but we're going to get the draft back because that's where it belongs, is where, where all the fans are. Hell, I even think we get a Final Four. Not only that, we're also already confirmed to have the PGA Championship at Aronimink and the U.S. Amateur at Marion, potentially getting a World Cup spot and that 250-year celebration to wrap that all up. I think this that is going to be the year of Philadelphia. If you're putting 2026 as, as everything there, why not put the two championships in one year in 2026? You know what? It might. Would that be the best year in Philadelphia history? I mean, I mean, it's 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 up there with 1776. Uh, sure. I was going to say. <laughs> oh, I hope you. <laughs> Maybe it's got a strong, maybe maybe it's a one B maybe one A is, is seventeen seventy six one B is two championships and you're at all the events yeah I, I I could dig that I mean in all fairness seventeen seventy six a lot of people thought they were gonna die and then to and then twenty twenty six a lot of people are inadvertently going to die is the city gonna burn down though if we have that much city, stuff going on at once oh that's what that's what I was thinking. <laughs> uh, uh, then, then so here's my number one. Even above Philadelphia 2026, the conclusion of the process. I think this is the decade we are going to win a championship. I don't know how. I don't know what scrubs are going to be on our 12th through 15th men, but I think we're going to get it. I don't even know if Brett Brown's going to even be our coach. Is Sam Hinkie going to be back? I think Sam Hinkie gets a ring. <laughs> he definitely deserves it. He deserves a ring, hundred percent. As much as it, as much as Josh Harris would hate himself for it, he's going to give him a ring. Would you consider like Sam Hinkie, possibly like one of the, maybe like a, a top three face of like the decade, of like of Philadelphia? Uh, yeah, from like twenty ten to twenty twenty. Like, could you argue that? As hot, <sighs> like, you know what, like. 
I, I feel like you see Sam Hinkie walk into a panel. He gets a he get, he would get a rock star of of an entrance. Like you could, and you can add him to like a guy who in this town will never have to buy a beer again. You know what? I'm gonna. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna double this one up. We're gonna make this a a dual top five. But I this is gonna be rapid fire. I want give give me. They don't need to be in order. Give me your five top faces of the last decade. Five top faces of the last decade in Philly well, you sports. Know, wise. You know what? Actually, here we'll we'll work on them together for brevity. Okay. Sam Hinkie's on that list. Sam Hinkie's on that list. Nick you Foles ha- is on that list. Nick Carson Foles. Wentz is on that list. I don't. I think you would. You could argue Nick Foles over Carson Wentz. I agree, but I think both of them will still make it. Just for even what they symbolize. So you're putting three Eagles on there. No, I got two. You, got you said. Foles. What about Doug Peterson, though? Oh shit. Um, maybe he, it's he's tough, right? Like if, if you're tough. gonna, it, it's tough to come up with five. But you, I say, so you're say, let's say you go Hinky, Peterson, and Foles, just because of the story with Nick Foles. Okay, here's one for inf- Do you put Infamous on there? Do you put Ruben Amaro on that list? It's for, quite po- for- Yeah, you, you may have to because he he had the. You know, 2010 and 2011 seasons where they were incredible teams. And then he's and then he is seen to be the one who brought it down from there. Yeah, because of the the contracts that we got into with like you know not letting go of of Howard think, and and those guys. Think yeah. about that rise and fall, how drastic that was. I right. think I have to put Amaro on that list. So that's four. Who's the fifth? Is this positive or negative? I, I think it's just extremities, so I think it can go either way. I mean, because you could say Chip Kelly as far as negative. You know what? But is Chip Kelly's negative over override override Doug Peterson's positive? No, I don't think it does. So Okay, then I have one last question. Doug Peterson or Howie Roseman? Whew. That's also yeah, because you could say I, we don't have I we don't have Doug Peterson without Howie Roseman, right? You don't. Not only that, but Howie Roseman is a symbolism of both Doug Peterson and Chip Kelly because he was banished while Chip Kelly was there. Good point. And then created. I think it's Howie Roseman's number five. I think he beats it. I think he beats out Dougie P. You can. I, I agree. You know what? Let's let's go with Howie. So we got in no particular order: Sam Hinkie, Nick Foles. Carson Wentz, Ruben Amaro, and and Howie Roseman. Howie Roseman. It's a good five, right? <laughs> so that's a good five. It's just the cr- the crap that is Ruben Amaro. If we're missing anyone, let us so know, much. listeners, please. Yeah, let us know that that was done on the fly with no prep. <laughs> it's All not right, easy. <laughs> speaking of Ruben Amaro, let's get on to the Phillies. Let's do it. We have DD. We have Wheeler. What else can we do? Who? What do you want? What do you want us to get? You know, uh, Dylan Batances is gone now to the Mets. Who do you think we're gonna get? Uh, Rich Hill, a lefty, just went to Minnesota. I can't believe Rich Hill is not on this Phillies roster right now. For how little he he is getting, and after that performance he put out in Boston before the New England and the New England game, did you see that? Him and his wife were they arrested? So yes, they, they were both technically arrested. I think no, not technically. I think they were both arrested 
and they were originally trying to give Rich Hill a um a felony or something for like resisting arrest or something. Jeez. And then like <laughs> basically like the the lawyer got a bump down to like a minor whatever oh so he won't have any like issues with the league no he just might have to do some community service on his off days (laughs) (laughs) oh just you know what what professional athletes love to do (laughs) uh no but i feel like that would have been the perfect guy he's a lefty right richel is a lefty yeah He's a lefty. He's cheap. One-year option. I think it was it three million. Like, I think it was. Yeah, with the getting kicked out of an, a stadium before even getting into the stadium, like that, that's Philly all over. That's got <laughs> yeah. Philly written all over. It, it does. It does. Yeah, it's like a Mike Scott fighting uh, <laughs> the Eagles fans in a Redskins jersey, <laughs> and still being very popular because of that. So a couple guys still out there. Um, Alex Wood is another lefty. He spent last year with Cincinnati. He was hurt. Um, Taiwan Walker, he's still relatively young. He has had injury issues with Tommy John, I believe, a couple years ago. Um, there's, there, there is there's not I'm much. Gonna, um, you know what? This is this. I was looking at it today, and here's what you have: you have Nova, and you have guys. You have Nova, and you have Carpenter. Carpenter's name? Andrew Carpenter, right? My, the guy from who's the guy from uh, who was on the Orioles and then went to the uh, Kevin Gossman? No, 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 no. He's he's a uh, pitcher. Uh, on Carpenter, I think his name is right. Uh, well, is he a starter? Yeah. Oh, let me look. They did not have a, a starter last year named Carpenter. Wait. Oh, am I getting mixed up? Shoot. Um. Okay, this is really bothering me. The, he was uh, with the Braves, though. No, 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 no. He was with the Orioles and then went to Boston. He was with the Orioles and then went to Boston. Yeah. Let's see here. Andrew Kashner. Kashner. Oh, Kashner. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, I'm an idiot. Uh, sorry, guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> Ka- I say it's Nova, Kashner, then 50 feet of crap, then you have players who are coming off injury that might be a shell of what they are, where you have you have Wood, you have King Felix, you have basically these guys that you probably don't want to sign. You think maybe it's better to focus on relievers? In Vargas. I mean, yeah, relievers you got uh, was it Harris? Will Harris. Will Harris and um, Hudson. And Daniel Hudson. I think Trevor Cahill was a name. Colin McHugh were a few names thrown out there. They're not like overwhelming like signings, but they're better than what we got. Yeah, like Hector Rondon, uh, Vizcaino. Like not, it's not like you know, like a Will Smith that was you know out there, Batansis or Blake Trinan. But you never know what you get out of those guys. Sometimes they turn out to be all stars. Like and they have good years. Uh, maybe you or- only get them for a year. Uh, or they'll turn into Tommy Hunter. Or they'll turn into Pat Neshek and Tommy Hunter. <laughs> it's it's crazy. We I feel like the Phillies had so many opportunities to get a even a guy like Gio Gonzalez, someone like that to round out your rotation. He signed with Chicago. Yeah, for the hundredth time, he's been like he's been traded to and from Chicago. 
And we used to have times. him. We had he was he was traded to Chicago from us. Then we traded him back to Chicago. Ugh. Was he he was he part of the Blanton deal? No, he was part of the. So we acquired him originally in the Tommy deal, and then we sent him back in the Freddie Garcia deal. Freddie Garcia, okay. Yeah. So we actually they 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 missed him so much they had to bring him back. <laughs> and, uh, and he's then, been like I, rumored to come to Philly like so many times too, like in uh, trades. I I think Gio would have been the perfect guy to get there again. Another lefty got to round out the rotation. That would have been perfect. Wade Miley Vargas, went like we, Vargas is gone. still available. I think I put him in with the uh the in the Cashner category. Yeah, but uh, he just he's thirty seven. He's yeah, he's not good. Maybe maybe we're just gambling on Spencer Howard being ready. That's what I was five. thinking. It's just, it's just, right? Like you have, you have F- Nola, F- Nola, Arietta, Wheeler, Wheeler, Eflin, and and Howard, right? And it's either a combination well, of Howard, Velasquez, or Pavetta. Oh boy, that's that's a loss every five days <laughs> until Howard gets up. Maybe that's that's a little too too risky for me and i guess it depends who you want you know it's pavetta going to the pen or is velasquez going to the pen right like they're going to be I, battling for that number five i, I think Eff, love... i think eflin pitched well enough last year that he's your number four i would love to see velasquez be an opener for our whoever our fifth starter is but i don't want it to be velasquez so would so let's say howard you want so if howard's up you want him to start right away right yeah, you don't want uh, an opener in front of Howard. No, it, yeah, because I feel like openers only work for like mid-level. Right, right. Actually, like, you know what? No, an opener might work well for Howard because then you get you get a, you get rid of that first inning jersey. You do that for about a year or so, and then. Yeah, but the issue is like, option. do you really want your prospect like top tier like that coming in from the pen? As you know what I mean, like you want you want to build him yeah. into a number two starter. You want to build confidence. That's true. Right. There's yeah. not much left out there. Maybe you could find something else in a, in, in a low tier trade. Um, there's there's not much. I, I, it seems that there really point, isn't. You know, maybe it's maybe just like we're doing everything we can. It's crazy. You again, you you can't say stupid money and not further address. Like Grant, I know we got Wheeler and that was huge. We needed Wheeler. We kind of need another guy. Like you can't go in and say stupid money. And then literally be stupid because you're not spending. But like, as as far as stupid money, like, what are you saying? Like, you think we should have gotten like Ryu or Keiko? Like, no, no, uh, Keiko got paid more than I expected. No, I'm, the guys were we were talking about the guys like Miley. Okay, a so, guy, so like a lo- like, like a lower Rich end Hill. guy. Okay, a okay. Rich Hill, just someone that can round out the. Like, I think we were saying in in our first episodes, we needed a three or four. Yeah, because you don't know what you're Gio getting at Arietta. Yeah, that's Gio Gonzalez issue. would have been another good one too. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not what we don't know. What we're getting out of Arietta. We don't know what we're getting out of Pavetta. We don't know what we're getting out of Velasquez. We don't know what's going to come of Howard when hey, he's coming. You know up. what? Here's the thing: you have a new pitching coach, and you have a new manager. So maybe between you know a combination of those, they can figure out something with Velasquez or Pavetta that maybe you know. Kapler and um, Chris Young couldn't. Maybe, maybe they're they're able to get the best out of them. 
and, and, and it turns out to be the Nick Pavetta who some writers had getting Cy Young votes last year. Maybe that maybe Brian yeah, that, Price has, yeah. maybe Brian. I'm not saying that's gonna happen, but I'm saying maybe Brian Price gets him to be at, at best a, a three. I mean that's pretty good. I would be yeah, right. Pavetta, he has the stuff to be a number three. I think it's just you know between the years that's where he's kind of lacking. Yeah. It's a damn shame. You want to take us to the Flyers? Take us to the Flyers here. Flyers playing a little bit. You know, not not as good as they had. As of late, they dropped a fifth in the Metropolitan. They're 22-13-5 on the season. If the season ended right now, they'd be an eight seed. Uh, typical Flyers being a seven or eight seed every year. They're pretty much content with that. Um, but, uh, you know, a tragic loss to the team. Um, their second leading scorer behind Konechny at one point was Oscar Lindblom, as we all know. Um, he is missing the year with cancer. A, a huge loss. Um, you know, can't say enough for him to get better with his health. And then lastly, uh, the last point I'll say about them is they need to play better on the road if they want to compete and stay competitive. Um, they've been pretty poor on the road. A very, you know, very good team at home, just terrible on the road. These road trips, they just, you know, they go like four or five game road trips and win one game. Um, I'd like to see them maybe split, uh, come out with some more points than, than just two when you're going on, you know, a, a swing like that can be, can be huge at the, especially, you know, at the end of the year where you're fighting, where, you know, the difference between getting five points out of a road trip or, or two could be huge. So, so Matt, after all this, would you say the Flyers are still more fun to watch? The Flyers are very fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs> No, they are. They are. They have some guys. It's it's different from last year, but yeah, they're they're fun. They're still fun to watch. <laughs> still fun. I, 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 sorry, they're fun to watch at home. I should say they're not fun to watch on the road. So that, oh, that's switched. So to listeners who are just tuning in for the first time, if if you go back and listen to our first couple episodes, I think both episodes we actually led off with the Flyers are fun to watch. Flyers are fun to watch. The way it is. All right, moving on to college sports. Uh, so the championship is now set. LSU, after destroying Oklahoma, will be playing Clemson, who won a close one against Ohio State in the championship on Monday. Penn State beat Memphis in the Cotton Bowl, uh, fifty-three to thirty-nine. Very high-scoring game. And following the victory, wide receiver KJ Hamler is declared for the NFL draft. That's a tough loss for Penn State. Uh, Temple got destroyed by UNC in the Military Bowl, fifty-five to thirteen. Penn State basketball is now 21 in the AP poll, which I am in utter shock how this team I, every year being, so a Penn State, <laughs> being a Penn State when I was a Penn State student every year, they would say this is Pat Chambers. He's got his good recruits. This is the year. And every year we would go over the century against the Big Ten teams. And now we're 21 in the AP poll. I'll take Can it. you argue it's like a Zach outs breakout year? Oh, yeah, it's Penn State basketball getting that yak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then lastly, Villanova basketball is currently in 10th uh, in the AP poll after beating Xavier in Kansas at home. And Good I, was, wins. I, was, Great I wins. was at that Kansas game. That may have been one of the greatest games of basketball I had ever seen. Both teams, I think, ended below 60 points. Just back and forth defense the Hard whole Hard-nosed defense. That's what college basketball is. That's what's so fun Damn to watch. Right. Damn right. Oh, uh, right. yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, so um, Villanova, I'll just touch up here on them. I think they're uh, they always have a shot because of Jay Wright. You can never count them out. 
that's just how it is with them. Every single year. Hopefully he never leaves because I don't think he's ever going to get a better job. I, 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 I think if, if Brett Brown leaves, I think he's the first one to get an offer. I think they've already asked him, before, you know, when Doug Collins was fired, I think they tried to get him in there. That's tough. That's a tough. That's a tough call for him. I mean, like, how do, how <laughs> no, do you? No, like he has like everything he wants at Villanova. Yeah, like it, it's like any college coach, right? I like mean, he's got probably like three suit contracts too because of that. <laughs> and I see him all all the uh, local um, car commercials. He's got like every single one of them sponsored too. He probably has two for two from each of them. <laughs> oh man! I mean, just just granted. I mean, Villanova is the anomaly of Delco. So yeah, somehow it is Delco. And like Radner. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Two main line. Delco where Delco, where you can either be in Chester or you can be in Villanova (laughs) and then everything in between. Yep. (laughs) So, so uh, a funny thing that they, they said about um, Penn's head coach that Jay Wright made it, made a joke about. Cause apparently at one point the coach that Penn was getting, um, who's there now? I'm sorry. I can't remember his name, but he was very like highly talented. Like he was going to go to um, like some big schools and Jay Wright always says he took the job at Penn because they gave him an out of ground pool in Ridley park and he couldn't leave Delco. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's funny. I'll leave it at that. Oh man, uh, those out of ground pools, man. <laughs> Ridley, such a beautiful area too. Am I right? <laughs> Who loves having a you know a nice five foot out of ground pool in their backyard? Uh, <laughs> um, let's see. So let's move on now. The Philly foodie rank. All right, for those for those who are new, each week I pick one or two local food staples to add to the to the rankings. Philly staple can be located within the Philly area and not just in Philadelphia. So far, everything I have done has been in the city of Philadelphia. Maybe that will change soon. Uh, so fancy sit down restaurants such as Zahav or Soraya, they are excluded from this list as I, I, I'm not really going for the ambiance. I'm going for more of just, you know, what's the food and what's your first impression, you know? Um, so here we go. I got two this week. The Bake Shop on 20th. The Bake Shop on 20th has a 4.7 rating on Google. And my first impression when I walked in, it's it's a it's a room it's a place about like the size of my closet in its in its seating area. And it's just got that total hipster vibe. And you go in there and the first thing you notice is the smell. We, me, me and my girlfriend, we walked in there, and I noticed they're putting out these. Listen, have you ever heard of this, Matt? A homemade pop tart, where they actually made the pop tart from scratch. No, I have not. It sounds very good. Oh my gosh, it was it was amazing. So I got a nice bacon, egg, and cheese, and a, a fig cran- cranberry brie scone, and then that homemade pop tart. The fig cranberry brie scone was the best. One of the best. Uh, desserts I ever had because you could taste the brie cheese in the scone as you as you would eat it and it was very fresh it was good one thing I do knock and now granted I, th- I think I could get some backlash for this is I got the bacon egg and cheese on a croissant and you, I would like and 
I would like to hope that, you know, that they would make their own croissants or they would make something for me to uh, in-house for me to put the bacon, egg and cheese on. But it's not all that's outsourced. So, granted, it was a good it was a good sandwich, but I would I would have really liked to have seen, you know, the extra from scratch aspect of it. But it was, again, good sandwich, some probably two of the most unique desserts I've seen in a bakery and both very good. That definitely gets good vibes on my list. My second one now. This is another one that I am very high on. I think I was telling you about this this week. I was excited for this one. It's called Pastrami and Things. Get this. It is a 4.9 rating on Google. Have you ever seen that before? Something that has, been around, that has been around for years to have that high of a rating. It's pretty damn good then. That's pretty damn good. It's not only that, you know it's good. Because it is only open five days a week from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. And only during the week. Not open on weekends. Which means you actually have to go out of your way to go to this place. Unless you're working in the city. Which I don't and you don't work in that part of the city. Mm-mm. So I don't know when you'd even. I, I, the only reason I went there was because um, I had gotten back from Asheville. So uh, that day and I had, I had taken the day off. So I really want to go and this place is it's no frills um and this place looks like it hasn't been had a cosmetic makeover since it opened and it's like a nice and i'm gonna say it new york style deli but it's also got that nice like a philly italian vibe too so i got two that we got two things from there i first tried the corned beef sandwich, which was a very good corn, which was a very good corned beef sandwich. Like I said, nice, good old school deli. Now, Matt, I want you to hear this. And this next one might have been the best sandwich I've ever had. It's called. It is the bulgogi cheesesteak. Do you know what bulgogi is? I don't. It's like you take. Uh, it's like a Korean dish, where you take you take this. Uh, it's not like ribeye beef, but you take this other kind of tender beef and you mix it with like some kimchi, uh, some was it some pickle, it some pickled cabbage or something, and you put in some cre- some spice that in there. That looks very good. I'm looking it up right now. It looks awesome. Oh my god, this was the best sandwich I have ever had. This isn't the best cheesesteak I ever had because it doesn't contain ribeye, so I disqualify it from being an official cheesesteak. But this was the best sandwich i have ever eaten and you the the guy like you know he he doesn't screw around it isn't his masterpiece he just makes it hands it off to you and knows with confidence that you're gonna like what you ate so i'm gonna tell you the order right now should i go from top to bottom or bottom to top bottom to top all right at the bottom of my list so far i have fitzwater street bagels then I have insomnia cookies. Then I have Geno's. In third, the new third, bakery on 20th Street for the very good showing that they put up. In, in second now, dropping from first place, Tacanelli's uh, pizza. And then in first now has been claimed by pastrami and things. Ooh. Overall, excellent couple weeks uh while we were on hiatus i really need to try these oh matt i'm telling you that people don't don't realize it but philly has some of the best food they do that you can get 
And I think that was like the whole reason why I wanted to do this is because I've had a couple things here and there and I've heard so much about so many things. And I'm like, you know what? I'm diving in head first. <laughs> Good <laughs> idea. Yeah, I, I got to try these. And every single time that you talk about them, I just I need feel like the need to go and get them right away. My mouth starts to water every single time. Uh, man, if you get a nice a long lunch break and you got and you, and you can take the uh, Wall have Street to. line, oh, it's um, what's it by? I forget. It's not too far off, bro. I think it's like not too far from like what the corner of like. Oh, you know, I'll I'll send you I'll send you the address. I wish I knew that off the top of my head. Yeah. All right. So now for some local stuff going on. So who's playing? Are there any any events going on? So. The Mummers Parade was yesterday, and I actually went for the first time. Have you ever been to the Mummers? I have not, no. That is that is also a good time. So what you have to do is you have to sit. First off, beer in hand, of course. I um, I was a little hungover, so I uh, I, I uh, yielded to that. But everyone, is you're, there's cops everywhere. Everyone's just openly drinking on the street. It's a good time. No one's going no to bother you. And you see, like, the mummers, you know, with all the – everyone's dressed up, and they, everyone does little dance skits mm-hmm. uh, if you go to certain uh, intersections where they have performance judging. And that was really cool. Now, I'm sure you heard uh, yesterday was met with a little bit of controversy. Uh, the Froggy Car group had uh, some members uh, with blackface. Yeah, I heard they were kicked out, though. They they were kicked out, but unfortunately now the group, which Froggy Car has been longstanding. Fun fact: my brother actually uh, performed with their band uh, in the Mummers one year, uh, and they they are going to be hit, hit with some sanctions now because I think they said this is the this is the second or third consecutive year with these same individuals doing it. It's just you know the thing is so who like. You're so many people. If you see, like, like from seeing, like, this one was that group has so many people. You are around so many people. Like, how do you, how do you, it does one guy be like, you know what? Don't think it's a good idea. Maybe, maybe just, maybe, right. uh, you know, wipe off half of it. So you're just doing half. Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe, hey, we're in 2020 now. You got to figure, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's just, you know, if, 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 there, if there's any thought of controversy, Assume it's controversy. <laughs> exactly. Simple. So exactly. the win- the winner though was the uh, the the South Philadelphia String Band. Uh, they took first place, and what's interesting about that is one of their um, one of their like members, or maybe even was their their leader, had uh, died this past year. So that was done in honor of him. So that was that was really cool. See, I really wish I got to see the String Band. Uh, I, I had to leave before then, unfortunately. Um, but moving forward now, uh, Longwood Christmas, it's here until January 5th. So you have until the end of the weekend if you want to take a look. Longwood Christmas, Longwood Gardens Christmas is one of the coolest things I've I've, to- I've been told about. I still got to get my way over there. Have you ever been for that? Yeah, I have. It's awesome. Very cool. They have like a bunch of light shows, a bunch of like a water shows. Uh, it's very cool. I recommend it. If you can get there before the 5th, do it. Yeah, maybe I'll have to see what I got going on this weekend. Uh all right, so for games, Sixers play the uh, Rockets on Friday and then the Thunder Monday at home. As we have said, we predict the Rock- the Sixers to win by 20 against the Rockets and to lose by one or two against the Thunder. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> uh, Matt, you want to take us forward? Yep, yep. We got the Flyers playing the Vegas Golden Knights tonight and then the Coyotes Saturday. And then the Eagles, of course, playing the Seahawks at home. We got 
number four seed playing the five seed Sunday at 440. So we got the marquee game that's on NBC. Um, got to slide this in here. 40 days till pitchers and catchers report. We're in the new year, so we always got to have that countdown. Uh, oh, can't boy. believe it's, it's going to creep on us, uh, creep up on us before we know it. Um, and then Penn State basketball, uh, as we said before, they're now ranked playing Iowa at the Palestra at two on Saturday. I, I will be watching that game. I will not be in attendance. All right, guys, you're a big Penn State basketball guy. Come on. I'm just yeah, uh, for, yeah. Unfortunately, I went on StubHub and I said no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I'm gonna get into my picks of the weeks here. So um, right now, Matt, you are five and five overall. I can't. That's that's not a lock. That's pedestrian. Also, that's pedestrian. <laughs> So let's hear it. All right, so I'm gonna I'm just gonna stay with all the football games, and I'm just gonna go spread here with every single one of them. Uh, Tulane minus seven versus Southern Miss in the Armed Forces Bowl. That's 11:30 a.m. game on Saturday. Um, Alex, I know you're gonna get up that, for that and have some mimosas maybe. Um, and then I'm gonna take Buffalo plus two and a half at Houston. Uh, Tennessee and this plus. This is this is pro football now. This is right. pro football. Yep, Buffalo plus two and a half at Houston. Tennessee plus five at New England, New Orleans minus seven and a half versus the Vikings and the Eagles plus two versus Seattle. So oh boy, we picked them out, right? Maybe, maybe some money. I say if, if you want, that. if you want to go, uh, you know, feel life on the edge, take the Eagles money line. Oh boy. That will be the longest few hours of your life. <laughs> my heart is going to be pounding like the entire game. I'm going to be on the edge of my seat. It's going to be crazy. It's going to oh. be, it's going to be nuts. All right, Matt, what's your guarantee of these five? If I had to pick one, um, you By know the way, what? very bold, Tennessee plus five at New England. I will uh, say that. I'm going to say Tulane. Tulane. Yeah. Wonderful. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm most confident in Tulane. Isn't that, it's, no one probably even knows where Tulane is. Oh, I can do that. You know what? Um, that's it. That's in uh, New Orleans. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think right. they're I, Tulane Waves, I believe they are. Uh, what a great name. Is, does, that, does, that, does that beat the uh, Hawaiian Rainbow? Was it Fighting Rainbows? Uh, Rainbow Warriors. The Rainbow Warriors, yes. <laughs> and the uh, Tulane mascot is Riptide the Pelican. <laughs> Gotta love it, folks. Gotta <laughs> love it. All right. So that, that's our show for this week. Guys, we appreciate you listening. Please. Please go ahead and let us know what you think about our top fives, about my picks for this week. I'm going to spell everything out here for you. So it's at Wiz underscore with. It's at W-H-I-Z underscore with W-H-I-F-F. We appreciate you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great week and go birds. Go birds.